Round one, fight. Heroes never die. I'm Commander Shepard, and this is my favorite store on the Citadel. <laughs> I used to be an adventurer like you. Then I took an arrow in the knee. Power, sex, sex, power. They both come down to one thing. Hungry Gamers. Hello, 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 and welcome, boys and girls, to the 278th episode of the Hungry Gamers podcast. We are powered by APIT.net and those sexy legends over at Audio Technica. I'm your extremely humble host, Brendan White. You can find me just about everywhere at Brendan8Bit. And joining me today, the graveborn to my spore warden, my podcast, Ride or Die. You can find her on them socials at Miss Ally Hart. Miss Ally Hart, how the bloody hell are ya? I'm getting older and technology is getting worse. <laughs> I'm so frustrated. Yeah, it's, uh, it's all happening. I, I guess uh, behind the curtain, listeners, uh, we, are, we are road testing a new microphone configuration in uh, Miss Hart's studio at the moment. So, um, yeah, yeah, let me the, know how I sound. Yeah, let us know um, after you listen to this episode how it went because yes. uh, obviously we're, we're trying it live right now just to see how it goes. But uh, it's sounding good. It's sounding good on our respective ends. Hmm. Only time will tell. Indeed, indeed. But uh, one thing that time certainly told me this past week, uh, I, I apologies, listeners, I, I let you down. I only saw one of the two films that uh, I said I was going to check out this week. I didn't get around to seeing Sonic 2 last night. I ended oh, up no. uh, playing playing a lot of Tiny Tina's Wonderlands last night with uh, Benny McJanet because it was his birthday yesterday. So happy, uh, happy belated there. The Spawny oh. 13. Uh, happy 50th, you old bastard. But uh, yeah, it was was uh, yeah, it was yeah, one movie this week. Watched Morbius, the, the human vampire. Ah, uh, that's the one that won. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's because it was like it was... I had like an early advanced screening pop up at, around oh, my area. Okay. So I'm like, you know, I'm going to go peek Fair this. Enough. And you know what? Like, was it an Oscar winner? No way. <laughs> Would it um, win an award in any ceremony outside of the Oscars? Probably not. But uh, oh I thought it was better than the two Venom movies as a baseline to work off. If Is that's that anything a win? to compare. I mean. <laughs> it's, a, it's a push. It's <laughs> neutral. <laughs> I don't know how that is for like gauge on rating a movie of it's better than this thing. Yeah, uh, so, so like obviously this falls into the the Sony Pictures mm. superhero jaunt. Like obviously they have some DNA attached to the Spider Man films, which are usually pretty great, depending on um you know which which iteration you're talking about. But yeah, they're they're really horny on making their own, I guess, broader Spider Verse. Um, through Sony as opposed to Marvel Pictures. And mm-hmm. there were some parts of Morbius where I'm like, you know what? I enjoyed this. This has got some potential. And then there's some other parts where I'm like, what were you thinking here? Uh, what were your <laughs> creative choices here that you made to get to this point? Um, you know, Jared, Jared Leto, he was fully compi- uh, committed to playing Michael Morbius. Like he he embodied this character pretty well. Love or hate Jared for a whole host of reasons. You know, that's up to you. He doesn't seem like the best guy all the time outside of uh, the, the the roles he plays. But he was committed to playing as Morbius. He gave it his all. Uh, we obviously also got Matt Smith, uh, you know, of Doctor Who fame and a host of other things. 
playing the uh, the primary antagonist, and he was having okay. a ball. He was yeah. he was in like he was like, I'm playing this role. This is fantastic. I'm having so much fun. So it was nice to see all the all the actors involved really really giving it a crack. So that yeah. sort of offsets some of the the cheesiness and the campiness and the unevenness of the writing and how they've sort of cut this thing up in in post. Yeah. But I didn't regret like it's about a hundred minutes runtime. I didn't regret the time. I didn't leave it going. Oh my god, this is the worst. Like I watched Venom two the back end of last year, and it's one of the worst films we've ever seen. But this, you know, if if we're gonna if we're gonna score it. I'd give it a, a solid five out of ten, maybe. Wow. Yeah. So it's 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 on a pass, you know. It gets that no. what C C plus or whatever. No, I'm just trying to think in contrast because me and you obviously have very different um, rating scales when it comes to games, movies, and all that sort of stuff. So if if you've given it a five, it has to be a four for me, right? Like a three <laughs> or a four. Yeah, I'm so I'm a lot more lenient. You are very forgiving. Um, <laughs> considering like you know what Rotten Tomatoes and some of the reviews have said about this movie so um maybe they're a bit stuck up I don't know but uh yeah. I'm the person Rotten, Rotten was what 17% I think I saw this 16, morning 16 17 yeah it's definitely in the teens because there was a joke about this is the first time Jared Leto's upset about something about the under the age it was it was a gross seedy sex line really but yeah Ugh. Because he's was, a creep. Oh, is he? I like yeah. that's good. That makes me feel a bit better because um, I was having a conversation with my husband about Jared Leto, and I'm like, why do people keep putting him in things? I'm trying to think like, what if I if I have seen him in something where I was like, wow, he's a good actor, but he keeps on getting roles. So I think he's um, it's not often you see him as as the lead in a film. Like he's always not. like the the memorable like side character bit character like you think of all the movies he's been in and it's always this very big uh performance from his side but he's never the the lead of the film that well no. at least nothing that immediately comes to mind to me like he's you know dallas buyers club fight club requiem for a dream always like a, a side character well not the focal so in this american psycho american psycho as well fantastic film um but he's he's committed to morbius it's not the best movie, but like I didn't walk out of that hundred minutes going, "Oh my god, I'm never getting that back." I'm like, you know what? It was dumb. I enjoyed my popcorn. But was it dumb on purpose? Like, there's there's a movie that goes out there being like dumb, enjoyable kind of thing, and then there's like, oh no, they were trying hard. I found this dumb, so therefore it was enjoyable. No, um, maybe a little bit. Like you can see. And, and sort of doing a little bit of reading up afterwards just to sort of understand the vision that uh, Daniel Espinosa, who directed this thing, you could see that this was typical. It was shot and probably cut together in a certain way. And then in post, all the fat cats got involved. And went, you know what? No, we need more of this and less of that. And you can sort of see with how it's edited and cut in certain scenes that there's meant to be something else in between there to maybe fill that world um, out a little bit more. Like, yeah. It got very, like, it was very slow paced in parts, but then it was very rushed in certain parts. I'm like, man, if they added another 10, 15 minutes of, of backstory to this character or this sequence, it would have added a lot more to it. Like, I say that as at a 100-minute runtime, but I think if they added just a tiny little bit more meat, it would have made this film marginally better again. Um, 
But the the cast is fine. I'll I'll make Tyrese Gibson makes an appearance from yes. you know, Fast and the Furious fame. Oh, he's um he's counterpart the other detective. He's a comedian as yeah, well. Yeah, um, I've enjoyed Al him in things. Yeah, I've enjoyed him in things as well. So yeah, he was a, he was an interesting uh, comedic foil in in the movie, uh, yeah. which which sort of dented the tone a little bit at the moment because it sort of that's mm. like it walks this path where it's like they could lean more into the horror and more into that dark foreboding atmospheric creepiness. And it yeah. sort of like peeks its head in there a couple of times, but then it sort of more so then goes into that action-y route a little bit. There was a couple of scenes and the way it was shot and the soundtrack and things that it felt very much like a, a bit of a nod to the Blade films. How dare they? Yeah, I but get like, what you not, mean. <laughs> not in a disrespectful way, but no, I, I know, know. As, you're, as you're a big fan of Blade 1 and 2 especially. Yeah, we don't talk about 3. Yeah, there was a couple of hat tips in this where I'm like, yeah, I can see where if they went, all right, let's jump in off the back of this scene and go like fully embrace those Blade movies of the back end of the 90s and early 2000s, it could have been something special, but they held yeah, back. Then maybe they are trying to still tap into that because obviously the new Blade, um, like the, I guess the re re. They're, they're redo- yeah, they're rebooting it, right? They're yeah, not yeah. acknowledging the previous ones, so maybe that's what they were trying to do. I don't know. Maybe, maybe. But, um, yeah, the, the movie overall, the pacing was a bit uneven, as I said. Some of the action set pieces were pretty cool and the way mm. that Morbius fights and uses his, his uh, living vampire abilities and stuff, perfectly fine. There's there's some stuff that happens in the end credits. Not gonna not gonna go into detail, but you can see what they're planning to do here, yeah. as far as the grand plan that that Sony wants to uh, hatch over the coming years. Obviously, that might be dependent on the amount of money this movie makes or doesn't make. Doesn't uh, make, yeah. From what I'm understanding and seen from the early early reports, it's it's got a bit of an appetite at the at the box office. People are going to watch it. I don't know if it's gonna like it's 75 million was the budget on this so they typically need to you know double and a bit that to to make this thing profitable and and expand mm. further on this this universe but but we'll see we'll see the fact that Jared Leto looks the way he does in his 50s still upsets me greatly because you know that's uh <laughs> that's not human maybe there is some vampireness actually in his in his normal human DNA but uh yeah, it was fine i didn't regret my time miss hart Okay, I still will not be going to see this movie. Yeah, maybe, maybe like just watch it when it pops up on whatever streamer, you know, mm. watch it at home mm. in the, in that way. But yeah, I enjoyed my popcorn. My seat was comfy. I was very spread out and relaxed. Could have taken a nap if you really wanted to. Could have, <laughs> could have, yeah. In, in a few of the parts where I'm like, yeah, I could lay down in this, this comfy seat. The reclining seats at my cinema there, so my legs were Always stretched the best, out. yeah. My Pepsi Max was was fresh out of the, the soda Pepsi. machine. Yeah, no Coke at this one, which is sad, but uh, the P-Max mm. did the job. I was happy. Mm, and, fair uh, enough. Yeah, Morbius wasn't, wasn't the worst thing that I've watched in the last little while. That's for damn sure. So, uh... Yeah, I walked out of it not angry, not ecstatic. I just walked out of it <laughs> nice and neutral. And going, I just you know walked out of it. <laughs> yeah, I survived. <laughs> I, I survived the uh, the living vampire. But uh, yeah, we'll we'll see what comes of this movie in the coming months and years. If if this will be a further springboard to bridging all these Sony characters and universes, but yeah, it was fine. You can see this was like they're using this 
film as a potential gateway to to yeah future world building. But yeah, it was okay. It, it was, was all right. Fine. It was a five. Give me a give me a five out of ten. Give me a two and a half out of five stars if we're if we're jumping across different scoring mechanics. Mm. But circling back to what I what I mentioned as well, I've been playing uh, Tiny Tina's Wonderlands this yeah. past week. I've been, been playing that on the Xbox it. Series X, obviously developed by Gearbox, published by 2K. I am really, really, really enjoying my time with this game. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's got the first-person shooter action RPG mechanics that everyone knows if you've touched a Borderlands game. So So it's very Borderlands at the core but they've mm-hmm. chucked a big D&D role-playing flavor over the top of this. So so you're playing yeah. a character in this game that Tiny Tina is, uh, you know, DMing for all intents and purposes. And, yeah, you're walking through this fantasy world, going to all kinds of different um, different biomes, different locations that you would see in, in fantasy films and games, and you're getting a lot of the, the role-play tropes, the... Yeah. Um, the uh, Borderlandsy tropes, just pop culture references everywhere. So many puns. Ashley Birch is absolutely crushing life playing as Tiny Tina. And then obviously we get Andy Samberg, Will Arnett and Wanda Sykes portraying the main other Great characters names. playing the game. Yeah. Huge, huge vo- uh, voice cast for the game. Yeah. And yeah, I'm really enjoying my time working my way through to try and take down Will Arnett, a.k.a. the Dragon Lord. And mm-hmm. um, it's super fun. I'm at level 25 at the moment. What so, class did you choose? So I've I've gone a mixture. Like my first class I picked was the Clawbringer. So that's mm-hmm. the one you've got your little dragon companion yeah. or your wyvern companion with you. And then when you get to a certain point in the game, you get a second class that mm-hmm. you can mix and match abilities with. So I've got the Clawbringer and then the Spore Warden. So... That's the one with the little mushroom companion. Yes, that's the one that like I have my interest. I want that little mushroom chasing me around. So so I've got these two little companions just running roughshod on the battlefield. The little mushroom companion, I just opened up a, a an ability for the little mushroom where it does this big AOE fart during the battle and there's just <laughs> a big poison fart cloud around the battlefield. And then you got that with the little dragon flying through, shooting flame, I'm shooting lightning, and it's just... AOE elemental chaos on the battlefield mm-hmm. and it's so fun and it's just so charming and quirky and so much full of character like going from Ghostwire Tokyo to this <laughs> it's night and day where Ghostwire was so cut and dry and a narrative that just didn't really hook me and characters that I didn't care about to this where I'm just laughing and chuckling along constantly and having these cool big battles and the voice work is on point, the the cell shading graphical style that you're familiar from Borderlands and such on the Series X, it is looking stunning. It is so pretty. And yeah, it's just tight combat. The fact that it's cross-play as well. So, Mm. uh, you know, I can jump on. I was playing on Xbox. Benny was playing on his PlayStation. That, in essence, is cool. But the the cross platform connectivity, boy, howdy, does Gearbox and Two K need to sort that shit out ASAP? Uh, mm. I got disconnected constantly, mm. or like it would just freeze. I had a couple of hard crashes where the game was like, you know what, we don't like this anymore. Boom, We're back done. to the Xbox yeah. menu, <laughs> and 
so that's been a bit painful. Like last night we played for, I reckon another maybe three hours last night. And I reckon I probably got disconnected from that game or had some kind of connection issue four times, five times. Mm, that can be kind of rough. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that online connective tissue between the various consoles and platforms needs some work because also the like the input lag when you go into the social part and I can see Benny's online and I'm clicking to join, I'll click it. Mm-hmm. It takes like, it feels like it takes seven days for the A button to register that I've clicked it. And then it sort of ports me back to the menu. I'm like, do I just sit here and wait for it to then go through its thing? And then it says it's connecting. But then if you click into a menu while it's doing that, because you don't know it's doing that, it'll then freeze up and just Ooh. weed out. So it's just like, hands off. Just tell me what to do, Gearbox. Please just get me in the game. Show me what you want me to do. Yeah. yeah. I, I haven't confirmed if the connection's better like on the same native consoles. I haven't played with anyone on Xbox to know if it's just because I'm yeah. jumping from Xbox to Sony. The the party chat that comes off the back of it too, the audio quality ain't the best, having that party chat going from, oh. from Sony to Xbox and vice versa. It's workable, but it's pretty shitty. It's rough, yeah. I'm hoping in the coming weeks they sort of patch all this and it becomes a nice, seamless, smooth, easy connection so you can play together and have fun because that's where this game really sings is the co-op mode of it because... When you're playing it solo, the story is great, but it's the same formula. Go into yeah. this area, shoot a heap of shit, grab a few things, go to the next place, shoot a boss, go to the next place, loot, 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 da 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 So it's much funner playing with somebody or some bodies because you can have a have a larger squad and you can have local split screen as well. So if you've got oh, someone cool. to play with you, you can do the old uh, split screen on on your on your screen and then also jump into a game with someone else so you can play co-op on the couch also online at the same time so i think that's really cool cool. but the tone is so good the writing is so great the voice work is awesome the character classes feel very distinctive like benny is playing at the moment as the stabomancer so that's like the the rogue Mm mm-hmm and just sort of seeing, yeah, <laughs> seeing his ability sort of offset with mine and just the chaos that, that ensues on the battlefield, it's it's really fun and it's a stunning game. The combat's tight. There's so much loot, so many weapons, as you know, with the Borderlands yeah. offshoots. But yeah, I'm really, really enjoying it outside of that cross-platform jerkiness. Business, yeah. So we'll see. I mean, it's good to hear. Um, I'm I'm kind of happy to hear Gearbox kind of returning to form and actually having a positive um, release with this title because we know that Borderlands 3 really hit some bumps and yeah. probably didn't have the release that it wanted to. I, From what I remember, there was like a lot of issues and it hadn't been as well received from what I can remember. So it's good. I And it's actually really good to hear that it still has that vibe where it's obviously a lot more fun to play with someone else because I loved playing Borderlands, um, especially Borderlands 2 um, co-op. I just think it just adds that like next level element of just craziness and, you know, grabbing guns or grabbing the thing. Actually, is it a, is it a shared um, inventory? So so you can have it when you... When you- jump into the game you can choose to have it as uh cooperation as far as the inventory set or it can be like i can't remember the word it's another like co- word word play on co Co-op, something or yeah. other so you can have it set so 
any any chest or any boss you take down, you've got your own um, inventory Individual. loot pool to, yeah. to grab from, or you can have it set where it's not first in, first uh, best dressed. So you can yeah. either have it set where enemies down, people run to try and get the <laughs> gun or the, the, thing, or the yeah. melee weapon, or you can have it set where, no, I've got my pool, you'll have a different pool when you see, and then there's no conflict. So we've been playing it as, yeah, cooperation as they call it, and it's just okay. easy. That way you don't have to worry. Like, you know, with these games, with the RNG, the last thing you want is this god roll weapon drops and then someone's like, yoink, and you're just Mine. left with a trashy green. So, um, yeah, it's it's fun. And the cool thing as well I've noticed is because I was like level in my, t- like the level um, early 20s and stuff like that and Benny was mm-hmm. like level eight or nine. Yeah. The enemies he's fate fighting, even though they're the same enemies on our screen, it scales to his level and my level. So he's killing them. Oh around level 8, 9, 10, whatever, and I'm at level 20 through to 25. So I guess that's good, yeah. Yeah, so you're still getting an even experience no matter what tier um, level you are. So the enemies are going to be difficult for you no matter yeah what level you are. So it made it fun for me because I thought, oh, I've got to go back now and it's just going to be work walking through and killing these low-level things. No challenge, but straight away you see the level at my level. I'm like, this is cool. That's, that's, a, that's a good little mechanic there. Mm, it's good to have. Although sometimes it's always easier to level up if you join someone with a higher level. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. So so they've sort of eliminated Mooch that that, that easy cheeky cheeky cheese to to quick XP. But yeah, yeah it's cool. The the spell abilities and stuff like that really awesome. The melee weapon um, in your other weapon slot as well is fun. So you can pick up heaps of you know swords and axes and whatever, and it can be really rewarding swinging these big things and landing them big juicy crits. But yeah, it's super fun. Super yeah. enjoyable. The writing is on point. And as I said, that that voice work that um, uh, Andy Samberg, Ashley Birch and co, they're, they're, they're in. They're fully committed. And it just mm-hmm. elevates this experience even more because it's just so clever and so smartly written. And yeah, I'll be playing this, uh, be playing this a little bit more. But uh, anyone out there that wants to play, you've got to connect via your, uh, your shift ID obviously Gearbox and 2K have their own little little oh, uh, really? naming convention. So you've got to oh. you've got to have a shift shift um, shift ID. And mine is Bren B R E N and then eight bit. So yeah, if you want to if you want to come rumble because you can just drop in and drop out at any time. So uh, if you see me online, Bren eight bit because apparently someone out there has taken Brendan 8-bit and I can't have that as my shift ID. Are you sure so it's not you? Definitely. No, I, had, I went through my emails to confirm and yet it wasn't me. So I don't know. Whoever's <laughs> taken my identity. Give it back. <laughs> please. But yeah, for now, Bren 8-bit on, uh, yeah, on the little shift social search there. So uh, yeah, come, come slay some beasties with me because it's a ton of fun. Yeah, I'll probably have to join you guys soon because it does sound like fun. It, like, I guess I was a bit anxious after, you know, the bad taste that Borderlands 3 left in my mouth. So, But this is sounding positive, so I might have to join in. I think so. And, and especially, mm. too, like you could just have one single copy of the game potentially and you can play True. that local co-op as well. I don't know if the local co-op allows you to sort of have two characters that could level up independently and then oh, you could jump yeah. in and jump out or if it's going to be almost like a, you know, like how they have that sort of clone offshoot in some of like the COD games and stuff where it doesn't really carry XP outside of that match ending. So I don't know. But yeah. uh, the option's there and you can explore that as you would. Yeah. But no, it's fun. Really enjoying it. Highly recommend it. looking into it. I'll have to check it out. What about you, Miss Hart? What have you been doing this week? Uh, 
for the time that I could actually function and play a video game, I actually loaded up this title. It came out a few years ago and I think it got recommended to me. I believe someone said, this is your kind of game or it looks like your kind of game. And I went, yeah, sure. Okay, whatever. Um, And now it's on Game Pass. The game is called Paradise Killer and points to whoever that person was because they were right. Um, it's, <laughs> it's this like, you know... Um, adventure game with a crime solving element of like you're investigating a a crime of murder and you've got to interview people you got to pick up clues there's all these other kind of contrasting stories and things that you're kind of going through but it's set in this absolutely gorgeous like vaporwave like 80s kind of like synthy kind of styled universe and it's just gorgeous it's such a gorgeous slick, looking game yeah. I'm, I'm looking at a heap of stills and stuff and it's the art style is just mwah, all yeah, for it the character design is gorgeous like the characters are just like basic 2d hand like well drawn kind of design they don't really hit that 3d element which is fine and they really like lean into it as well like you yourself can walk around them but they're just like like a piece of paper kind of thing following you but that didn't really bother me like the design is gorgeous and the music the music is so good it is just so chill and great in the background um i actually like i loaded this up just taking a gamble of just being like you know what i'll load it i'll see how it is pretty certain i played it for quite a few hours um sadly enough i got motion sick uh the universe is obviously a little bit too immersive but uh so far i'm really enjoying it i'm really invested in the story and i like the weird quirkiness of this idea of um you trying to solve a crime in this god-like generated universal island called paradise which you know if it goes defective then the gods kind of destroy it and try and build paradise again it's it's such a crazy unique story concept built upon a detective style game it's it it was incredibly unique and i'm really really enjoying it so um like i said it's on game pass so all our you know game pass owners there check it out um i thought it was going to be kind of point and click but it did encourage me to use the controller which took some getting used to but yeah but that that, those controls using using the old xbox controller felt intuitive enough it didn't feel like uh 12 minutes bad (laughs) oh god yeah no not not as bad as that no um i think it's just because like i kind of approached it looking like a point and click adventure and then when it's like pick up the controller i was like oh okay but it was fine um I, i got used to it pretty fast and there's like a lot of like kind of i guess maneuvering like you know jumping and you know traversing kind of stuff that does probably feel better on the controller so yeah like it's genuinely a surprise i'm looking forward to like playing that one like continuing that one as well and i was shocked to find that it actually i thought it was going to be a short game but i think i looked it up and someone said it took 16 hours to play god damn okay yeah yeah <laughs> i thought it was going to be like a shorter one but that maybe that's maybe that's like side quests and stuff too but yeah mm. so looks really good and mm. yeah i remember sort of seeing this pop up a few years ago and we at least I didn't give it much attention apart from like, oh, the aesthetic looks fun, but that's sort of where I left it. But then reading some of the some of the quotes that they've sort of grabbed from various reviews and, you know, GameSpot saying utterly unique, strange and brilliant, 9 out of 10. Mm. Windows Central, one of the most enjoyable games of 2020. 
like what you said, sublime soundtrack embodies the detective fantasy or a new standard for the detective genre. I'm like, okay, okay. I'm, uh, yeah. I'm listening here, Paradise Killer. And uh, yeah. being on Game Pass, maybe maybe I need to give this a spin once I uh, work my way through Wonderlands. Yeah. And like, I don't know how many times I just kind of stopped or, you know, paused the game just to, you know, chill out looking on my phone and just listening to the music in the background because it's super great. And it's it also incorporates that you kind of pick up new music and then if you don't like the track playing regardless of where you are or what you're doing you can just change the track so it it definitely it definitely was a game that they built obviously on style and music in like appreciation and consideration so that is an element that they wanted to obviously highlight and they've done well and they have every right to kind of show it off Mm. Well, uh, you, you've you've got my attention. That's for sure, Paradise Killer. I will uh, give you a look in the near future. I think because it looks like a vibe that uh, I will thoroughly enjoy, just like you have been. Yeah, I definitely recommend it. Game Pass doesn't hurt. Amen, amen. Anything else you've been up to this week you want to share, or should we start rock and roll into the next parts of the episode? No one wants to hear about my back pain. Let's hear them. <laughs> <laughs> hear something good. <laughs> All right, uh, quick bit of housekeeping, listeners. So if you want to support us monetarily, you can do so over at ko-fi.com forward slash we are 8-bit, starting from the low, low price of $1 per month, get you exclusive access to content, perks, giveaways, and everything else in between. So check that out over at ko-fi.com forward slash we are 8-bit. You want to get some merchandise, obviously shop8bit.net is the hub to go to there for the best t-shirts, hats, hoodies, everything else in between. But if you don't want to throw some money away, which is totally fine, you can just uh, throw us some support via way of iTunes, Spotify, or whatever podcast player you're consuming this content through. Those ratings and reviews, they take no time, cost no money, help keep the emotional lights on in our hearts. So please do that when you can. And also the other, do that also for the other podcasts you listen to because uh, it means the world to us all and it helps keep us tracking, helps keep us charting, helps keep us relevant, all that stuff. One last bit of housekeeping. Obviously, our April giveaway is live still. Uh, we'll be running for the next several weeks. You can win yourself an ADG1 gaming headset courtesy of our friends over at Audio Technica. To go into the draw, you just simply need to drop us a message on the socials at WeAre8Bit or send us an email, hello at 8bit.net, using the code word, Miss Hart, which was and still is, was Halo. <laughs> You've forgotten already. Yeah. <laughs> Listeners, the code word is Halo, H-A-L-O. So hit us up on the socials or on the email hello.8bit.net just to get your name into that draw to uh, potentially win yourself a wired gaming headset from Audio Technica. Code word Halo. All right, let's... Tattoo of that on the back of my hand. That's it. Cross the knucks. Oh. All right, let's get into this. This week's news headlines. All right, the first little quick hitter, the upcoming Fallout TV series has cast Yellow Jacket star Ella Purnell in a leading role. According to Variety, the 25-year-old actress has been cast as the show's lead. However, Amazon has not released any details about said role. According to sources, however, her character is described as upbeat and uncannily direct with an all-American can-do spirit, but an intensity in her eyes says she might just be a tiny bit dangerous. (laughs) I wish I had... I wish I get described like that to people sometimes, you know? Uncannily direct, upbeat... Australian can-do spirit, but an intensity that says I could be a little bit dangerous. That's uh, that's what I want on my business card. 
This, I don't know if someone's saying that you have intensity in your eyes, because to me, if someone has intensity in their eyes, they're just full on staring. Yeah, that's true. Right that's true. Mm. The Yellow Jackets star. Um, I was trying to figure out like who that was. <laughs> she was the girl with, she got the really big eyes in Yellow Jackets. Mm, there's two of them that kind of had the, the description, but... Um, She's got the really big eyes. Um, <laughs> how else would you describe her then? She was sort of like she's the, you could say the leader of the group to begin with. Okay. But just just the big eyes is what stands out for me. Okay. Huge, okay. huge eyes. Great actress though, Ella Purnell. She did really well in that role. So yeah, we'll see what she's up to. Obviously, we've got Walton Goggins as well in the Fallout TV show. Yeah. So uh, they're, they're nailing the casting. As far as the the theme and what they're going to do with this Fallout TV series, who knows? But the casting is certainly on the right path, and uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see yeah. if she's a she's a vault dweller. Maybe she's a mutant. Who knows? I <laughs> I don't know. They're giving us nothing here, but uh, I'm excited for some Fallout and uh, the casting. I'm not sad about it. No, I I might enjoy this series. Like considering the um elements of fallout like i think they have the chance to actually make something pretty damn good so i think it's crossed on this one i feel um if they can get a similar tone did you ever watch the road with vigo mortensen in it did i no i don't think i did yeah no. if they can nail that tone but chuck in some more of the the insanity from fallout with the mutations and the beasties and stuff mm-hmm. i think it'll be well worth a watch because the road really really good uh, really nails that post-apocalyptic tone, very dreary and depressing, which I think this show sort of needs to be in a lot of ways. You can't really romanticise the apocalypse, can you? But I don't know. Well, I guess you can because Fallout games can be a bit whimsical at times when you go into certain. That's what I was thinking. Establishments. There's like there is like a lot of elements to like Fallout that not comedy, not dark comedy. I don't know. There's like yeah, I guess like you said, like whimsy. There's a there's a certain ele- element of, like, fun in there. So, I don't know. There's always some good writing and great dialogue. Some yeah. Fantastic characters, so. Yeah. So, we'll see. We'll see. Well, as, as more details unfold with this Fallout TV series, we'll bring them to you here via THG. But the, uh, the next bit of news, I probably shouldn't be laughing because this is, you know, people's hard work that's gone into this. But it uh, looks like Fast and Furious Crossroads is being pulled from sale less than two years after it launched in August 2020. An update from Bandai Namco has confirmed that Fast and Furious Crossroads will be delisted by the end of the month with all sales ending on April 29th of 2022. And the quote reads, If you bought the game digitally, it will remain in your library and can be re-downloaded in the future. Any DLCs purchased before April 29th will also still be available to use after this date. But uh, yeah, any any Fast and Furious fans out there that have still yet to purchase Crossroads, you've got yourself uh, 28 <laughs> days to uh, to purchase this. Otherwise, it's gone for good. Like this game came out, was released very poorly. I mean, reviewed very poorly, I should say. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's out of here. Maybe maybe Vin cracked the shits and he's like, you know what? I don't like how I'm portrayed in this game. Rip it off the shelves. If there's one thing that we've learned is that Vin Diesel doesn't really have a line to cross when it comes to quality. So I don't think that would be it. 
Yeah, so uh, <laughs> the game was originally described as a team-based vehicular heist action game mm-hmm. with players taking on high-speed heists and adrenaline-fueled stunts alongside the likes of Vin Diesel, Michelle Rodriguez, and Tyrese Gibson. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know the, the, the inner semantics as to why this thing's getting pulled two years after sale. Like, maybe... I, like. I don't know much about the game at all. And as far as those high-speed heists, is that something you play online with friends? Maybe they just don't want to be funding the servers to host these these games. Oh, mm, that would I be bad know. though. Wouldn't it render the game useless if that's the, like what it falls upon? Yeah, I don't know. I, I reckon Vin's just done something Vin Diesel-esque and thrown his toys out of the cot. And we've still got to see him in Ark, right? Yeah, God, yeah, that's going to be, that's going to be a thing. <laughs> That's going to be a thing too. But yeah, anyone that's uh, yeah, been waiting to pick up Fast and Furious Crossroads on sale, maybe get on there Your days and get it while it. you can. <laughs> yeah, you've got four weeks at time of recording. Otherwise, it's gone for good. Uh, in, in much better news, Heart Machine has revealed Hyperlight Breaker, a 3D co-op focus game set in the same world as the cult classic Hyperlight Drifter. It's coming to Steam Early Access in spring of 2023. Heck yeah, really enjoyed Hyperlight Drifter. It's, it's you know, a genre that I'm still learning to get good at and appreciate, but this yeah. game is tons of fun and a co-op equivalent to Hyperlight Drifter. Yeah. I am in. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, it's always good to see co-op games come out because there was a stage where it just felt like every game that came out was like n- not co-op, like a co-op story, I guess is the best way to say it because working together on a... a shared objective is much more fun than just kind of just butt-assing around doing your own thing so most definitely and maybe it'll take some of the stress out of these uh you know roguelites and stuff where true if you're playing together it's not going to be as intense because maybe the enemies can be sort of divided amongst you and your co-op partner as opposed to just all of them coming at you all the time so uh Mm -hmm. we shall see uh the next one Sony has reportedly filed a new trademark for its NAC series. The trademark was filed in Japan on the 17th of March, with the filing made public earlier this week. The filing itself doesn't give much away. In fact, it is literally just the word NAC, but it has started speculation that Sony may be gearing up to release a third installment to its platformer series. However, please do not get your hopes up too far. While this could be a sign that NAC 3 is coming, there's also every chance that this is just a little bit of housekeeping from Sony. So... We talked about this before we yeah. before we uh, hit record here. We're not in the knack train. I have zero skin in the knack game. Never played yeah. the first two. Do not ever care if I never play the first <laughs> two. But it seems the gaming community on mass has a soft spot for this game or this yes. franchise and want more of it all the time. I'm very curious what about it um, makes it such a, I don't know if it's a, just a cult classic or if it was just genuinely um, a you know spectacular series so far with only having two. Um, but yeah, a lot of people got really excited at the uh, announcement of this uh, trademark going up. So yeah, I, don't, I, I, I have no idea. It should be interesting to see if something comes from it. Maybe I need to look into this game. I don't know if anyone out there wants to do the, you know, the elevator pitch on why this is a must-play game if it is playable to be honest um but yeah yeah someone sell us on on the knack ip and why it's so great because yeah. i don't get it 
it's I know there's a, like it's it's a big at least for me I see a lot of knack talk coming off the back of kind of funny in their community because uh this this game or this franchise has a lot of special memories attached to it from that that world and and the people oh. involved in in kind of funny but yeah knack just don't move the needle for me but uh doesn't mean that the game or the franchise isn't great I just don't care about it at the moment because I've had nothing to do with it. Yeah. yeah. Mm, pitches on them socials at We Are 8-Bit, at Miss Ellie Hart, at Brendan 8-Bit. Or at the next bit of news, surprising but not surprising at the same time, you could say. Mm. After previously cancelling its in-person E3 2022 event, the ESA has now informed its partners that there will be no digital event equivalent this year either, meaning E3 is fully cancelled. News broke via a tweet this morning from Razor PR lead Will Powers, who said that an email had been sent out announcing the cancellation. IGN has gone on to since independently verify the contents of the email as well. The ESA has originally uh, had originally planned for an in-person E3 event this year after having no event in 2020 due to COVID-19 and a digital one in 2021. However, this was cancelled in January with the ESA at the time unable to make a public statement on whether or not there would be a digital equivalent. According to sources speaking to IGN at the time, discussions around E3 had been fraught throughout the year with third parties normally involved finding the ESA's ongoing silence regarding their plans frustrating. So, not surprised. We've talked for the last several years about this and using big dramatic lines like the death of E3, is E3 yeah. still relevant? All these big, big headlines like that. And I think this announcement just goes to show that maybe E3 ain't ever coming back after this because right. we're getting so many online exposés and showcases and events. Mm-hmm. And we, you know, we've talked glowingly about it because it allows these devs and PR companies and publishers to control the narrative a bit more, to release it exactly how they want in a pre-recorded environment. You know, things being live can sometimes end in disaster, as we all know. So, yeah, E3 and their cash-grabbing antics and their leaking of credentials. (laughs) and People's information. Yeah, personal information and all that. I think uh, it's just led to the ESA losing more and more favour from the gaming community as a whole. And I don't know if 2023 we'll see the the return of E3. I'm going to say a bold statement right here and I'd say, E3, you're dead. You're gone. That's sad. I really wanted to at least make it to one E3. I noticed that um, when this kind of started bubbling up on Twitter, uh, there was uh, the the biggest confirmation was uh, from Jeff Keighley just doing like a smiley winky face, I think it was, that he posted. Smug little bastard. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Um, I can understand why um, getting rid of E3 would be a concept that a lot of people would be getting behind because even now I think we might be seeing a lot of these events and a lot of like crossing over of titles. So we'll, we'll see a title being presented maybe on Nintendo and then we'll see it again at an indie showcase and then we'll see it again at a wholesome indie, you know, and then we'll see other titles where it will be on both the PlayStation event or also be on an Xbox event. Then it will also be on a, you know, other event. And then, so it might be just too much. So it's just kind of sad that the, the big, big is the one that's, 
not getting involved and is essentially like I'm assuming suffering from this whole uh, online digital showcase. Yeah, like I th- I think um it's not often you see yeah the the big the big giants of industry as the ones that fall by the wayside usually they just gobble up everything else and it's the smaller yeah. entities that that sort of end up dying out or or getting consumed but yeah in this in this stage I think as you mentioned because there are so many targeted events and we're seeing so much repetition and re-showing of, of IPs. Yeah, like you're talking about a game that, yeah, it was showcased at, at a Sony state of play and then you see it at an indie showcase and it's over here and it's over here. That There's no need for this big giant tentpole event anymore. Like we've still got uh, Gamescom and Tokyo Game Show and stuff like that. Yeah. But E3, I think could be on its way out like because we we get parts of this through things like packs the various packs is still around the place and then a lot of these digital events where we're getting at least some kind of event every month sometimes twice a month from various out, outlets um around the globe so yeah the the sheer cost of of putting on a physical e3 you know that output does not probably equate to the input. I know they tried to pull it back and it's like, you know, now you can have general population tickets and it's going to cost you this much to get in there and join these queues to try and do a bit of a cash grab. But I think, yeah, ESA and E3, Gonskis. I think this is it. They're out. Yeah, I guess you don't really need an in-person event where if you go for demos, maybe, but anything else, like trailers, you're like, I'm just going to see that trailer anyway, so it doesn't really matter, does it? No. Very curious state of affairs. Mm -hmm. Mm. Yeah, we've been been spitballing about the E3 future for several years now, and yeah, it feels like this is uh, slowly getting lowered into its grave at the moment. People are on on the edges of, of the coffin, just easing it down in there at the moment, pulling the rope or whatever you do. And uh, yeah, E3, potentially uh, preemptive rest in peace, but we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> um, on much more positive news, uh, we, we hypothesized about this just last week as far as uh, Project Spartacus. We're talking about uh, Sony's announcement. And uh, yeah, they've officially announced the all new PlayStation Plus subscription with multiple tiers. So Sony has revealed its Xbox Game Pass competitor, an all-new PlayStation Plus that brings together the existing PS Plus and PS Now into a three-tier subscription service that includes up to 700 games and access to retro games at the top tier. It will open for some markets in June and roll out worldwide regionally after that. After months of reports and even longer being speculated about, as we did just last week. Sony finally revealed the new service earlier this week. It consists of three tiers, PlayStation Plus Essential, PlayStation Plus Extra, and PlayStation Plus Premium. As part of the move, PS Now will be closed down with members migrated to the premium tier with no change to prices at launch. So breaking down these three tiers, PlayStation Plus Essential will... uh, give you the same PlayStation Plus service that currently exists with no changes to the pricing. It includes two monthly downloadable games, discounts, saved game cloud storage, and access to online multiplayer for most games. If we were to jump up another tier to PlayStation Plus Extra, this gets all the essential benefits and also adds a catalog of around 400 PS4 and PS5 games that can be downloaded at any time while you're a member. It includes first-party and third-party games, but no new exclusives will launch 
into the service. So yeah. no day one exclusives like you're seeing on Xbox Game Pass. In the US, it's costing $14.99 monthly, $39.99 quarterly, $99.99 yearly. No Australian prices have officially been confirmed at time of writing. And then the, the highest tier you can get is the PlayStation Plus Premium. It includes all the essential and extra benefits and adds 340 extra games to the catalog, including PS1, PS2, and PSP games for streaming and download. PS3 games will also be available only to stream. Streaming can be carried out on PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5, and PC. Premium members will also receive time-limited trials of some games. In the US, it will cost $17.99 monthly, $49.99 quarterly, and $119.99 yearly. No Australian pricing for that at time of recording. But also, as an FYI to those people here <laughs> in Australia, we don't obviously have access to Sony's cloud streaming PlayStation Now service. So this means that unlike the other 19 countries with said service, we don't have access to the range of PlayStation 3 games available in the PlayStation Plus premium tier. With the introduction of the newest tiers, more PlayStation 3 games might be added and we will not see a bar of them. So uh, what we get instead, based off some additional information from the PlayStation blog post, is PlayStation Plus Deluxe in select markets. And so this is for markets without cloud streaming. PlayStation Plus Deluxe will be offered at a lower price compared, uh, compared to premium. And it includes a catalog of beloved classic games from the original PlayStation, PlayStation 2 and PSP generations to download and play along with the time-limited game trials. Benefits from essential and extra tiers are also included. Pricing for the AU market not currently available, but yeah, so we don't get PlayStation Plus Premium here in Australia. We're getting PlayStation Plus Deluxe, but that means no PlayStation 3 game access here. So that's broken a few people's hearts. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's pretty shitty. The fact that, yeah, we still don't have PlayStation now here. Australian internet sucks, but also then having to probably chill out an X amount of money to have a localized data center here to support this type of streaming is a is a cost that Sony does not want to uh, pony up for at the moment. But uh, PlayStation Plus Essential, PlayStation Plus Extra, PlayStation Plus Premium, Miss Hart, are you in? Are you going to jump in at one of these big tiers and go play all these uh, games from yesteryear? I don't know, because the tier that I would be genuinely curious about is probably the playstation plus premium because there's a lot of like even ps1 but like ps2 ps1 games that i would want to play if if they're on there like you know i might not even get the guarantee that these games are, might not even be on the service so i don't know maybe not um i also don't think i'll be streaming ps3 games which was an interesting choice there's been a lot of articles and a lot of comments out there about um the poor execution of that and that, that people the only way people can play ps3 games is through emulation um mm. so um but that's just another thing uh so i don't know i probably not i i doubt the playstation plus extra which is i guess essentially game pass i guess i i don't know how much of the titles would be like crossing between game pass and playstation so I don't know. I'll have to, I guess, once it gets close to the time of release and we start getting a little bit more information of what to expect, maybe I will consider. It's it's very interesting. Like, 
it's cool to see Sony make a pro consumer move if you want to use some some marketing spin there but yeah it's still it's not a huge needle mover in a lot of ways for me like the mm-hmm. pricing point especially like if we're going to get the the PlayStation Premium Deluxe which is listed at 17.99 monthly for the the premium version US so if we're going to be paying potentially 20 bucks a month you'd say here in Australia just spitballing maybe 20 to 25 bucks a month where we're paying 10 dollars a month for game pass or you know if we're going to say us 14.99 for game pass ultimate which is pc and xbox you know paying an extra 50 odd percent on top that's you know that's that's you know money's money it all adds up and that's the killer with these streamers like you combine this then with your TV streaming services that you're utilizing. Yeah. It's it's a lot of money where we're shilling out every month and every year to, to get access to these brilliant services. Uh, there, there's no family plan available for this at the moment. I know Xbox have, have sort of just said they're looking at something yeah, in the near future. Discussing it, yeah. Uh, but, but it's kind of cool. I like that we're getting access to older games. What those older games are you know mm. they haven't provided full list yet but been able to go back and play a lot of the games we grew up on from the, the older generations that's awesome for streaming and or download so depending on where you are in the world it's kind of cool that you could stream them mm. or if you just kick it and just download it locally to the hard drive get your playthrough delete it onto the next game like it's it's awesome i like that the pricing's a little high for me i think for what you get the the no no day one releases for those sony exclusives i wonder if that might change or maybe once in a while they'll they'll give us a little cookie and be like here you go here's his sony exclusive franchise blah 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 you can get it day one if you're part of the playstation plus premium or playstation plus deluxe crew because that's that's the biggest sell point for me with with game pass is any day one game that's coming out that's a microsoft owned studio you get it included in that bundle and it's such a huge 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 benefit like yeah having all these retro games in my back catalog for even xbox like i don't play a ton of the retro ones like where you can play your xbox and xbox 360 games that's awesome but it's not for me so it's not like the big needle mover for me it's the fact that i could get a half a dozen Xbox Day One exclusives included in my ten dollar a month or fifteen dollar a month fee. That's that's the big big sell point for me. So hopefully Sony might look at that in the future and add it in because that's where the real value comes from. I think. I I think so too. Like I like as I kind of mentioned earlier in the podcast is that for me with these services, it's all about investing in the opportunity of trying games that you normally wouldn't try um, and having that catalog open to you. And obviously, you know, the risk in trying these titles is gone because it's already paid for. So I don't know, like I said, I need to kind of see what PlayStation is offering and like what titles to expect, especially if they are going to also release some of these older titles. Like if there's no Buster Groove, then I don't care. <laughs> Maybe this is the perfect opportunity for us to go and play Knack 1 or 2. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Maybe then service, we can. You know, connecting the dots there. One one thing I also wanted to to shine a light on with with this is that Sony are offering you know, the discounted price if you pay it in a, in, in a yearly rate as opposed yeah. to the monthly. So 
there is some extra value there. We're going from, you know, $9.99 for the essential. But if you go to the per year, it's it's $59.99. So you're saving yourself a good chunk of money if you want to uh, throw that subscription fee out the door as far as the monthly rate and just go, you know, I'm going to buy 12 months. I'm going to commit to a year at least. You're going to save yourself a good chunk of cash that way. So that's one thing that Xbox doesn't do. It's monthly only. So you can't get sort of a discounted rate buying 12 months in advance. So that's a smart move by Sony as well because it's going to keep people in that ecosystem for at least 12 months, but also save said people some money, but also guarantee a good chunk of money for Sony too. So everybody wins. Yeah. The, the naming's confusing though, like PlayStation Plus Essential, Plus Extra, Plus Premium, Plus Premium, oh, then Premium Deluxe. Like it's consistent, but very wordy. But uh, there's some value there. Having potentially 700 games of yesteryear at your fingertips, it's a big win overall for gamers. So uh, well done to Sony. Not going to completely <laughs> poo-poo the idea here. I think it's got a lot of merit. So uh, we'd love to hear from the listeners get some feedback is is this something you're excited for what's the tier for you are you going to look at essential or extra or are you going to pony up the extra cash to go to premium deluxe where's where's the value sit for you where's the sweet spot hit us up because i'd love to get uh get some broader opinions on it to see uh yeah where, where this announcement ultimately landed for you all just realize sony is the last one even nintendo did it before sony they did. They it's did. Wild. Like, yeah, don't get me wrong that uh, Switch Online is a bit of a mess. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, the price point's super cheap. It probably justifies the messiness there. But, yeah, you get some get some value out of all of the big three now. But, you know, things like uh, Xbox still gets like EA Play included in this. There's nothing like that. But maybe we'll see that with Sony down the line where we'll see some collab with other <laughs> publishers and developers and their online services too getting bundled in with plus essential, plus extra, plus premium or premium deluxe, wherever we go. I don't know. I don't know. But uh, yeah, good times. Good times. If you don't want to wait until uh, plus premium eventually makes it to the Australian shores in maybe 2025, we've got you covered. New releases and events. Uh, This coming week, we've got another smattering of Bytecast episodes dropping on the airwaves. Uh, so you can check out Miss Ali Hart's debut Bytecast episode dropping this coming week. Uh, we talk all things sweet and tasty on there. We've also got Nobu from Game Sushi's episode dropping. This was a couple of rapid reviews on there. So uh, yeah, Bytecast on those podcast RSS feeds. Go check that out. As far as TV or streamers, there's no new shows debuting this week. Like looking at the the forecast for April releases... From the middle to the back end of April, there's a ton of new shows and stuff uh, and seasonal returns dropping that we'll talk about over the coming weeks. But as far as this next weekly release cycle, it's just, you know, the next episode of Moon Knight. We didn't even talk about that. Did you watch the first episode of Moon Knight yet? No, I did not. (laughs) I did. I I enjoyed it. Far better than Morbius, not saying much from what I said earlier, but... uh, (laughs) Everything's just like low stacking. (laughs) Yeah. You know, but... Ethan Hawke, Oscar Isaac. Yeah. They're committed. They're in. And I'm in too. Yeah. I'll ignore the reviews. Yeah. Now, check it out. It's it's very interesting. Conceptually, it's very different to a lot of the stuff they've done. And, and I'm, I'm for it. So I'm keen to see what they do with episode two because it, the way episode one ended, I was like, yes. Oh, it's trailers. I mean, credits. Shit. 
ah i want more so now i gotta wait till next week um movies coming out this coming week we've got rabbit academy if you've got some kids or you wanted to watch something uh, a bit more accessible and animated that's coming out also ambulance the next uh, jake oh gyllenhaal gosh, film and then the secrets of dumbledore is coming out as well the next iteration in the harry potter universe mm. or you know prequel prior to the the mainline harry potter films mm. uh, as far as games coming out this week Lego Star Wars The Skywalker Saga is out this week. MLB The Show 22, Chinatown Detective Agency, Chrono Cross The Radical Dreamers Edition, Godfall Ultimate Edition, which is obviously the big eyebrow raiser here because it was a PlayStation exclusive, PlayStation launch title exclusive for the PlayStation 5 and obviously PlayStation 4, but now it's on Xbox as well. So uh, there you go. Sherlock Holmes, The Devil's Daughter, making its way to Switch. Slipstream is also out. And then the last one, The House of the Dead remake on the Nintendo Switch. (laughs) Those games were so hard in the arcades. So hard, but so fun. I wasn't allowed to play it because it had the big red sticker on it saying you had to be 18 years old to play it. And it had that, um, the one that was in my arcade, it had the little, like, curtain. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, you know they're scary and violent when you got to go behind a curtain to play a shooter. Yeah, but- so great though, so great. Um, I've I've spent many many an hour and many many a token or a credit or just a gold coin playing those House of the Dead games over the years, or just the shooters in general. I love a good um, time, love a good shooter. Time, time Crisis. Crisis. Yeah, that's the one. I love Time Time Crisis too. I believe was the the one that I favored the most. Mm-hmm. I just remember the action. Yeah. <laughs> reload, reload. Press press that foot pad and duck and weave and do your thing. But uh, yeah, a little, little assortment of games there. MLB The Show 22 is probably the the biggest needle mover for me there. Not Lego? No, I've, like, I enjoy the Lego games, but... I've ne- outside of playing them like with my younger sisters when, when we were, they were little... I haven't really played many of the Lego games. Like, I like the concept, but it just doesn't hook me and drag me in the way I probably want it to. So, the world loves them. Everyone loves these Lego games. Yeah, they're really well received, aren't they? Mm. Pretty wholesome. Mm. Yeah, and and if Godfall somehow sneaks its way onto Game Pass, I'll play it there because I'd never touched it on PlayStation. Sneaks its way, yeah. Um, I might also look at uh, Chinatown Detective Agency as well. That one looked interesting. And that was the one that got sort of a bit of a showcase, like in the last yeah. couple of weeks. We talked about that on one of the the indie showcases. Can't remember if it was so, ID yeah. and Xbox or a state of play. But yeah, it looked pretty funky. Uh, let's jump into this. Sweet of the week. And this is some bittersweet news for a lot of people. But uh, you know what? We were all across this announcement well before it happened. Uh, we've been saying that there's no chance this was going to drop in 2022. <laughs> But this tweet comes via way of at Nintendo America. So this is the official Nintendo US-oriented Twitter account. And the tweet reads, The Legend of Zelda series producer Eiji Anuma has an update to share about the launch timing of the sequel to The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Please take a look. And so there's a, you know, he's on there talking about the game. And the big takeaway from this uh, minute 30 or 90 second video that accompanies this tweet is the nice grab where you pause it there at one minute and 26 seconds. It says the sequel to Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild is slated to release in spring of 2023. 
So uh, put that one on the board as a small victory to you and I, saying this game ain't coming out in 2022. Yeah. Uh, spring of 2023, which is, that's like the back end of 2023, isn't it, in, in like US seasons, right? No, no, it's um the start, the start of the year. Oh, yeah, sorry. Sorry, yeah, my, my bearings were off. I was mixing it up. So Q1 2023, Probably in line with the release of Breath of the Wild in February all those years ago. True, so, yeah. uh, you know, five years ago in February, it's going to be six years by the time uh, 2023 rolls around. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to say February, sometime February, Breath of the Wild 2. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, it was really sad, though. There was a lot of posts um, that kind of followed after this saying, uh, congratulations to Elden Ring for Game of the Year. <laughs> Yeah, I saw that, had a chuckle, and I'm it. like, um, Horizon Forbidden West is the game of the year, you sons of bitches. No, but, uh, I don't know. Elden Ring. I'll die on that hill. Elden Ring's had quite the, yeah, it's like, I I know everyone talks about it, but there's just so many things that keep on coming up that people keep on discovering in that game, and like, I wish I was good at it. I really, really, really wish I was good at it. Um, but I, I wasn't, but it's great just following up all this sort of stuff that still, still is coming from this game. Um, so, um, I see, I can understand why people think it's going to get game of the year. Oh yeah, me too. Like we, we've talked for hours on this game over the last month or two since, mm. since sort of, uh, getting our hands on it and also just leading up to it. And yeah, I, I can totally get behind people saying it's game of the year and it's 97 on Metacritic and all that stuff, but it's just a, a formula that I'm still yet to perfect. I'm enjoying my time with it, but when I'm comparing it to the enjoyment I had in Forbidden West, night and day. Not disrespecting Elden Ring, really enjoy it. Still going to keep playing it. Still want to try and maybe finish it one day. Naive mm, optimism. Yeah. <laughs> maybe at least kill more bosses. I'm going to keep living through my husband because, like, he's nailing it. He's he's so overpowered. Like, no, he's not overpowered, but, like, I'm just – it's getting really awkward where I'll be, like, giving him tips, like, okay, now you need to watch out for this guy. And then he just goes in there and slices them like butter. I'm like, well, shit. I was talking to a, a friend of mine, Aaron, during the week, and, and he's sort of progressing through Elden Ring, and he's a sort of a first-timer to, to that sort of type of game as well as far as really giving it a proper crack. And yeah. the big thing that, that sort of we've we talked about on it is it's not about panic rolling or panic parrying or blocking. It's it's all in timing and rhythm. Like you can't just spam roll to, <clears throat> to get out of the way. You need to time it with that spell where it's just going to come past you or the blade's going to swing at you at that exact moment. Then you've got to get the roll going to... To sort of not only then waste your waste your endurance and your stamina, but be able to then counter and stuff. So it's very much about rhythm and staying cool, calm, and collected, which I struggle to do in this game. My yeah. heart is like beating out of my chest when I play this damn game. I'm a, like a you know FPS person. Like I'm a I'm I want to go in there guns blazing. Like don't tell me that I have to like strategically plan stuff. No, I just want to go in there and kill. Alas. Alas, but yeah, it's a great game. And uh, yeah, it's probably going to win a high percentage of Game of the Year awards across every major outlet out there. And, you know, power to from software and everyone involved. And good luck to every other title that was scheduled for 2023. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Breath of the Wild 2 coming in spring of 2023. So 
yeah, put a put it on the board. I'm saying February, maybe back half of February 2023, we're going to see uh, Breath of the Wild 2. So, uh, Miss Hart, that brings us to the end of THG 278. Anything else you wanted to say or shout out before we uh, close down the studio for another week? No, just keeping my eyes on uh, the reviews for both Sonic and, I guess, Morbius. But um, mm. I'm going to see what I can do about getting into seeing uh, some Sonic the Hedgehog. You gotta hurry up and watch the first one first. Going to Disneyland next week, so get to hear Hell about yeah. that. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> Hopefully, your back's better. <laughs> gonna be, gonna be an old person jumping on freaking. Um, I don't even remember the name of the rides, the ones that hurt. But yeah, oh well. Magic does, does she does she live? Find out next week. We're gonna see photos of you on the social. You're actually gonna be on one of those rascal scooters because your back's so sore. You're just squirting around in a scooter. You know what? If it gets me to the front of the line, let's let's keep it at that. Disneyland's great. Have fun with that, though. I'm very jealous right now. Thank you. Yeah, it's been been a long time. I haven't been since moving over here, so that's a little present from my husband. So hell yeah, hell yeah. All right, listeners. uh, Obviously, if you wanted to enter our giveaway for that gaming headset, remember the the buzzword or the code word is Halo. Halo on the socials. (laughs) Hello at 8bit.net. Get your entry in. We will draw that at the back end of April there. So you still got time, but yeah, Halo, Halo, Halo is the buzzword. But yeah, April Nation brings us to the end of episode 278. Thanks as always for stopping on by and showing that love. But until next time, much love. And stay hungry. You've been listening to The Hungry Gamers, one of many gaming and geek culture related podcasts from the 8-Bit Collective over on 8bit.net. Check out more episodes on your podcast service of choice. And while you're there, please be sure to rate and subscribe. Until next time, boys and girls, stay hungry.